Hey, is this thing on? I am Queensman. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa, and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast, where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. Hi everyone, we are back. And it is officially very hot in New York City. Just a little update from me. (laughs) That is what's happening right now. And today I'm super excited because we kind of have like a different guest on here. I feel like I've had like other pelvic floor PTs. You guys have definitely met like some of my friends. Um, We have Callie on here today. Callie, can you introduce yourself? Tell us about what you do. The whole spiel. Yeah. Hey, so I am Callie Kreitcher. Um, I live in Pennsylvania. I am a registered dietitian um, in the state. Um, I have grown up suffering from interstitial cystitis. So my long-term goal has always been to work with other people with interstitial cystitis. And eventually, after passing my board exam to be a dietitian. You know, I did the typical hospital thing. I worked in weight management and there was a point this past year where I was like, okay, like I need to make some moves on this dream of mine. <laughs> and I, I took the steps and created a business. It's called Cali K nutrition. And my focus is only on people with IC. So we really just look at the basics with nutrition and, and we look at the IC diet and how to apply that to your lifestyle. Yeah, which I think is freaking amazing. I mean, I think so many people this past year too were just like, okay, well, now's the time. And I feel like I actually read an article the other day about how much that happened within this past year, which I think is honestly pretty dope. Like it's, it's great. Like I think it's such a cool thing. Now you said like specifically with those who have IC for people who don't know what interstitial cystitis is, can you give us a little bit of a rundown? Yeah. So interstitial cystitis is a condition that first of all has no cause Mm -hmm. or no known cause. Sorry. Um, They're still working on developing theories for causes, but we really don't know. So with me growing up with it, I have a feeling it's genetic. Maybe it's there was a UTI along the way that, you know, triggered it, whatever. So a lot of us don't know what caused our IC, but essentially the theory is that our bladder lining is damaged or, um, the nerves are, you know, all out of whack. And the symptoms are frequency, urgency, um, burning of the bladder or the urethra, um, pelvic pain, uh, pressure in that area. Um, Those are the typical symptoms, you don't have to have all of them. For me, I only have burning, 
I, I don't really suffer from the frequency that other people have, but it, it also has no cure right now. So we don't know a cure. We really are just working on managing it. And diet is one of the major treatment methods for IC. For sure. Now, my definition, my non-medical definition of IC, <laughs> and with all due respect to anybody that has it, hot mess. Like, it genuinely, <laughs> it is genuinely a hot mess. Like, and I, and I feel, you know, I really feel for my patients when I talk to them about what's going on because it's, it's unfortunate that it, one, takes a very long time to get diagnosed with it because, like you just said, you were like, I have burning but it can also be inclusive of all of these things, you know, all of these other things. So that's where one gets hard to diagnose. Then another thing, like you also just said, there is no known cause. So when everybody's trying to figure out, like, did I do this? Is, is it something that I have been, you know, maybe that I've been doing, like, since I was younger that I'm just not sure about? And what I always say to my patients with that, and it this is even other than I see, is, like, we can't even think about that. You just, we got to work with what we have going on now and move on from there. Like that's like ultimately I think what will help to, you know, help your mental health, but then also just like help your symptoms as well. But it is, you know, not to like add fuel to the fire here, but I do think it is one of those like diagnoses where it kind of, it you Google it and there was like of rabbit hole of things that like you can see and it just yeah it it can be a little it can be intimidating but I also think it's so awesome that like you kind of use that as fuel for yourself to start your own business and everything yeah and I truly did not know about the black hole of the internet and I see until about a year ago when I started thinking about all this yeah like I joined all of the support groups, um, a lot of them I've been kicked out of, but whatever. And Wait, okay, I... we gotta <laughs> dial back to that after you're done. Di- yeah, okay, so you're part of support groups. Keep going. <laughs> uh huh. And um, so a lot of people told me to check out Reddit. So there oh, are God. Reddit yeah. threads on this, which can also be a hot mess. Um, there's just like a lot of misinformation going around, or just you know, people saying something works for them and then other people thinking, oh, that's the thing that's going to work for me. But that's usually not the case Mm -hmm. because everybody is so different. And I tell all of my clients that their IC is like a puzzle and they need to solve that puzzle. And in order to solve it, you might need a little bit of PT and you need to, you know, switch up your diet a little bit. You might need some medications, but everybody has a little puzzle that they have to solve and not, there's not a one size fits all approach to IC. For sure. That for anybody, for anyone, there's not one size fits all for anything in life, I feel Mm -hmm. like. All Mm -hmm. right, we got to dial back for a second. So why were you kicked out? Of these support groups. I mean, um, I already love it. I already love it because you probably said something. You probably said something that obviously people did not want to hear, but I'm assuming yeah. you were probably correct in what you said, but go ahead. No, like, I, there there was no explanation. I just got kicked out, and that was it. Like, I can't even, like, search the group anymore, and, you oh know, it, it's one of the biggest Facebook support groups. I don't remember what the name of it specifically is. 
Um, but yeah, I was really, really upset about that because there's like 10,000 people in it that I could be helping. Yeah. And, you know, they just kicked out the only icy dietitian. <laughs> Which is weird. I You would yeah. think that you would want somebody like yeah. that in there. That's exactly. very interesting. So, did you comment on something or did you like post something? No, no. It, my posts were fine. I think it was a comment that really set them off. But I ended up just making my own Facebook group. Yeah. Good. No, no, no. Great. Yeah. I mean, because now you can just help people on your own. Yeah. I, so that, okay. And I've seen this. I've seen this happen in plenty of even just like other support groups and stuff too, where a provider will then like state their opinion about something. And unfortunately, it's sometimes what people do not want to hear. Mm-hmm. And then you get kicked out. Um, it So that hasn't happened to me. But the reason why it hasn't is because on Facebook, I'm, I tend to just look, I'm not, I'm not really like a commenter. Yeah. Like, and that hasn't happened because of that. I, because there are plenty of things where I think I could have commented and like, I probably would have been. I'm a big commenter. (laughs) Yeah. No, but listen, like, I mean, that's good. You know, that's like a, that's a good thing. But, but then again, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. goes into kind of like the rabbit hole stuff. Right. So, right. Now somebody who could have been very, very helpful is now kicked out of the group. So what those people have to rely on are possibly other people than just stating like, oh, this is what happened to me. This is probably what will happen to you instead of Mm. then listening to the provider. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So disappointing, but, you know, have my own group now, so For I'm in sure. charge of that one. <laughs> and honestly, that stuff happens. You know, like, it, yeah. it happens, and it's it's ridiculous, I think. I think that's one of the, like, worst parts of social media. Like, social media is such a beautiful thing. It really is, but that is one right. of the things that, like, kind of makes it, yeah, makes it right. bad. But on mm. the up hand, like you just said, you have your own group now. Now, I definitely was, like, thinking about different questions. I mean, like, I I get questions about diet all the time, you, just, like, in my sessions with, with my patients. And what I always say – well, now I use your name. <laughs> I, like, you were Thank on you. My, of course, you were on my resource list, like, officially. Um, but I also do know my realm. And I, mm-hmm. I go, guys, for the most part, like, what I do know is, like, of course, anything that's, like, anti-inflammatory, like, in general – that's good for people, you know, to to be having. So that's usually just like my go-to suggestion with that. But then I'm like, look, you got to talk to, you know, like a dietitian, a nutritionist, whoever, you know, whoever is good with that. So I usually kind of refer then to other okay. people. But what are like some myths that you that you have found with like either certain diets that you've heard for IC like is there anything that you can kind of think of or like that comes to mind with that yes I do want to back up one second and mention that so as a dietitian we go through school and we do not learn about IC we do not learn about anything outside of your typical obesity diabetes cardiovascular disease things like that yeah. So that, that that makes it extremely difficult for somebody with IC to be referred to a dietitian who most likely has no idea what IC is. Mm-hmm. So that's why there are there's a huge need for more people like myself who is a dietitian who specializes in IC because 
I know a lot of people have come to me saying like, I tried to see a dietitian in the past and honestly, they were just asking me questions the whole time and I just got frustrated. So I think that is a big thing. Um, just to be aware of, like, if you do refer people out, um, they might end up running into that scenario. And sometimes it's like the opposite of helpful. (laughs) 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, I'll let you continue in a second, but that does, I think about that sometimes where it's like, if you start to question your patients so much about like what they're going through, it's like, how are they supposed yeah. to now like trust you with like what you're right. about to do with their diagnosis? You know, like it, like that's not right. It's yeah. So exactly. I, I and I see as a condition where like you need to know what you're talking about in order to help people. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm hoping that more people like me are able to, you know, come into this field eventually. Um, I know of one other dietitian doing it, Julie Beyer, and she is retiring. So <laughs> there is wow. a big need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I can tell you about a whole lot of different myths about, you know, diets that people talk about. So I see a lot in these Facebook support groups about, you know, decreasing your oxalates, decreasing your histamine intake, going gluten-free, going dairy-free. Like, you name it, I've seen it. I have seen, you need to follow a carnivore diet. And then (laughs) I go... Your face right now is so funny because, like, you... (laughs) You, okay... This face isn't that bad. If you talk, if you say keto to me, I'm gonna like fall on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, those so, are those are the first things that came to my mind. Is yeah, when anybody says anything about like, oh my gosh, should I go gluten free? Should I do keto? Should I do all these like different things? I. I am definitely somebody that just believes in like everything in moderation. And that is just my general opinion on, on stuff. Of course, if you have a gluten allergy, you probably should go gluten free, you know, like, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, but yeah, I, I now think about your realm though. It's the same thing as somebody saying to me that like pelvic floor PT is just Kegels, right? Huge myth, huge, huge myth, right? So right. I think about on your end, like you are not just going to take somebody through like a keto diet, a, uh, yeah. Okay. No, and, no. and <laughs> a lot, a lot of this comes from my weight management background. So mm-hmm. my feelings about keto and any sort of restrictive diet kind of stems from that realm. Um, you know, and, and that's another reason I wanted to get out, get out of like the weight management area because I don't believe in restriction. So that's kind of why I am here now. I'm out of that area. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help people with IC understand that they don't need to restrict themselves yeah. until they have a reason to. So what I mean by that is we have this diet that was created over 10 years ago that came after a study of surveys were sent to over 300 people they got about 100 surveys back they found out what those 100 people were sensitive to in terms of foods and beverages and that's how they created the icy diet so really we're just going off of anecdotal evidence of what these people thought they were sensitive to which they 
most likely are sensitive to. It's just a very, very difficult thing to study. Like you can't yeah. study the IC diet by itself because there are so many other variables like stress or your pelvic floor or, you know, a whole lot of different things that can be in play. So that's why we can't study the diet in its own lane. So <laughs> most people with IC do not need to avoid everything on that list. Right. And the the diet has kind of, you know, it started out like the people who made it were trying to be helpful, but over the years it has been like evolving into like this big scary monster because they everybody looks at this diet or they get handed a piece of paper that says don't eat this this and this from their urologist. They yeah. go home and they don't eat that for 5 years. And it's like what yeah and then it, and then it's also kind of just like okay well is it helping because because yeah. that that is something that I see a lot too where then people will be like yep like I haven't been eating tomatoes or like, like something acidic whatever right. it is that might cause more irritation and that are known for causing more irritation to the bladder but then my first question always to them is well did it help and a lot of them are just like, well, no. And I'm like, see, this is where, like, the, and then that is where the cycle then continues. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So, you know, they eliminate all these foods, but then, you know, maybe they slip up here and there and they, they don't really know. And it's not their fault at all. Yeah. They don't really know how to identify their triggers because every single person is different and their bladder can tolerate different things than other people. So how are you going to know what your unique triggers are without testing that? So what I do and what I recommend to people is to conduct an elimination diet. Mm -hmm. So are you familiar with that? I am very familiar with it, but you can definitely give a rundown for anybody that (laughs) might not be. Yes. Yes. So an elimination diet is basically where you eliminate all potential triggers and then you you add them back in one by one to test them now there are a lot of things that i see go wrong when people try to do elimination diets on their own Mm -hmm. so first of all you need to break the elimination diet into three phases so you need to start with a baseline phase that lasts maybe one to two weeks where you're obtaining all of this data. So let's say you're tracking what you're eating, how you're cooking it, um, how much you're urinating, how often you're going. So I mean like pee in a cup, measure it like for a full week mm-hmm. and track your symptoms, track your menstrual cycle if you need to, whatever. So that's our baseline data that we can compare to at the end to see if we have had success or if we haven't. So in phase two, which will last anywhere from two to four weeks, that is when you take out all potentially um, bothersome foods. So what I have my clients do is only eat off of the bladder-friendly column Mm -hmm. of the IC diet. So you know how the IC diet has three columns typically. So you would only be eating off of the green column or the bladder-friendly one. And in this phase most people experience some extent of relief. So, you know, if your pain levels are at a seven and they go down to a five, that's a win. Okay. (laughs) And 
um, this phase can get really um, restrictive, but that's why we only do it for two to four weeks. And a big, big problem that I see with a lot of people suffering from IC is that they get stuck in the elimination phase for years and they don't know it because they're terrified to add in a food that is on the caution list or the try it list. Like they're so scared to cause a flare. Yeah, for sure. And I actually love what you said just now about like going from a seven to a five. Like that's a huge win. Like I am very big on like objective things with my patients too. Like I always say like a six to a five is something. Like it is something. And like that is what we have to work with. So I actually love that you just said that. But as intense as the elimination diet is, it also is very important because like if there's a certain food that let's say is on like a you can't have it list, you know, like one of those things, but it doesn't give you a flare up, then mm-hmm. like that's an okay food for you. And you mm-hmm. do, you don't have to cut those things out. And like that's why I think that as – because I've done one. I've totally mm-hmm. done one. And like as hard as it is, it really does give you a lot of information and honestly – really helps with your mental health too like it gives you more of a peace of mind so I love that you do that and I think that it's really important yeah now do you find though that with your clients and stuff is there a lot of how do I say this like just like a lot of frustration like a lot of frustration where because like I my experience with my patients who have IC, it's it's a lot of like, oh my gosh, my doctor just gave me this list of things not to eat and like I don't know what to do now. Mm-hmm. Or like, or said that like this is what I should be doing in PT. Like for us, like I get so many people referred where they say like my doctor told me to do Kegels and I'm like, actually that's like probably not Ugh. what that's probably not what you should be doing. Like my my typical patients with IC tend to have a tighter pelvic floor and like we can't keep strengthening something that's already insanely tight. Like we can't do that. So I always then explain that to them and they 1000% understand, but I feel like there's all this misinformation out there about about this diagnosis for sure. Yeah. So much, so much. And I get so frustrated when I hear that people are just either, either they don't even talk about the diet when they're diagnosed or they just get a piece of paper and they're left to learn it on their own. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's no in between there. Right. And that's so frustrating. And that's what I'm trying to, you know, bridge the gap with. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Now you said that there's only like one other person like you out there that, that, that I know so spe- that you know of, that okay. I know of <laughs> that is specifically working with clients who have IC. Yes. Got oh, it. Yeah, exactly. Got exactly. It. So, I was just talking with um, Jill Osborne the other night. She's the head of the IC network. Amazing. And she yeah. was like so thrilled to hear from me. She's like, oh my God, I'm so happy because, you know, Julie's leaving and we really, really, really need some some help with nutrition as a community. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so excited to like help with that and like get into whatever the heck I need to get into. Yeah. But um I don't want to get sidetracked because I didn't talk about phase three and I don't want to forget. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So the important part of this is that in phase three, we're testing foods, beverages, and supplements one at a time over the course of three days each. So on day one, you would try a small amount 
of whatever it is. So let's say you want to try coffee. So the first day you would do a sip of coffee. If you're good to go the next day, you would do, let's say, a half a cup of coffee. Okay. And if you have no symptoms, the third day you do a regular portion size, which maybe that's a a regular sized cup of coffee. And if you are okay and you have no symptoms and you add coffee to your personal bladder friendly list. So I encourage people to make their own personalized list. And if at any point during that testing period, they have symptoms, they need to record that and remove the food or beverage from you know, their diet and then take a few days off and then move on to the next food. So by increasing the amount we're eating or drinking, it, it helps to tell you how much your body can tolerate. So if you can have a little bit of coffee, that's a win. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? for real though. Yeah, that's a huge win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I live, I love, 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 love coffee. I like force mm-hmm. myself to just have one cup because I genuinely enjoy the flavor. But yeah. Seriously, though, like that, that is huge. Like, or if somebody, let's say, like, likes something a little bit more acidic, like orange juice or, you know, like whatever it is, like I, yeah, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, just from my personal experience doing an elimination diet, I know that I'm able to have, I actually have a latte every day. So I have two shots of espresso every morning. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. I can have small amounts of tomato sauce. I can do small amounts of citrus. Right. Chocolate's usually a killer. Alcohol, not good for me. But, you know, every once in a while, if I go out with friends and I have a shot of tequila, I'm okay. Like, um, it, okay, it's right up my alley, love. Small <laughs> amounts I'm okay with. But, you know, that's part of figuring it out because you don't want to live the rest of your life just restricting so many foods and being scared to eat and being scared to go to a restaurant like that's really what we're trying to avoid for sure by by doing this and I'm very I I think that's one of the most important things to take out of today's episode too because one thing so you just said something that I think is very very important like not be so restrictive and Now, again, the food portion is not my realm fully, but I do, you know, of course I need to ask like, okay, like you had a flare up, like what, what happened here? Right. So a lot of times, you know, some, like one of my patients will say like, I did have alcohol this weekend and I'm like, okay, all right. Then you, I was like, well, we already know, like this is a big one. So what I always try to say to them as well is like, listen, like it is okay to go out and like have a margarita with your friend. However, however, if you do know that it is going to, that it is going to be a trigger and that it is going to cause a flare up, then you got to just know that, right? Like you have to kind of know your mm-hmm. limits and then go from there. Um but that also doesn't mean that you need to like completely leave it out. I think sometimes also just knowing like okay, this, you know, is probably going to cause a little something for me. Great. Let me like have (laughs) another glass of water after I had that margarita. Uh Anything to calm down your bladder. Awesome. Right. Right. That's the same thing. Like I am very much so the practitioner that like, I will not tell somebody like biking is known as not being good for the pelvic floor. Um, same thing with running. Yeah. Same thing with running. Right. It's known (laughs) But I always, when my patients come in and, like, they're like, 
am I really like never gonna bike again? I'm like, oh my god, get out of here. I was like, I because I'm I am the that one that mm-hmm. would be like, I want to teach you how to do this so that you don't yeah. have a flare up off of it. Okay, like and like that's how right. we roll with that because I just if anybody ever told me not to dance again, not to like do certain things that like I personally love to do, like. I would go crazy, right. you know, like I yeah. genuinely would go crazy. So the fact that it is being said, I can't even tell you how many times like that has been said to patients yeah. where it's just like, nope, you need to like not, yeah. like, you need to not do this. You need to not do that. So I really like that you are big on like not restricting things. <laughs> and as humans, like we yeah. always want what we can't have. So if somebody tells oh, us yeah. this anymore, then that's all you're going to think about. And you're going to just have a pity party about it when in fact you most likely can do it so that's the thing and you know a lot of people with IC struggle with intimacy and you know they have this idea in their head that they're never going to be able to do anything sexual ever again and that's most likely not the case yeah but that's why it can mentally be so so harmful and I know I went through a period like that it just really takes a toll on you physically and mentally 1000% yeah and um for sure I mean that's like where pelvic floor PTs come in of course with like the intimacy portion and stuff too and even just like trying to be intimate you know like it's a very like scary thing because you don't want to hurt yourself a lot of times then your partner is also like oh my gosh am I going to hurt you it's like it's all these Mm. things that you kind of have to like go back and forth with but yeah it's like it is very inclusive of all these things, but that also makes me very grateful that there are more people like you out there, which is why I'm very happy that we connected. And I'm really excited for your opportunity too with like the founder yeah. of the IC. Yeah, so amazing. I think that, first of all, awesome. Like, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so amazing. And I think that's also where it's important that like you have this like niche, you know, like, yes, like you are a dietitian, but like, for this like you yeah. come to me for this and I think that's such a cool thing and I love it I love it thank you yeah I mean welcome. I <laughs> I love it so far I mean I I really tell everybody I'm just trying to be the person that teenage me needed when I was going yeah. through this stuff and honestly hon that's like usually the case you know like that that's definitely usually the case um I oddly enough didn't know like I needed pelvic floor PT until I became one like you know like it was like a very very weird thing um but yeah it sometimes takes like certain experiences for Mm -hmm. for us to be like this is now what I want to help with but I also think that that's kind of the beauty in that is that you went through something and now you can help somebody else and I think it's a great thing yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's so exciting, and I, I really can't wait to connect with so many other people. And, like, I could literally talk to you about this all day long. I know, and, I was like, just going to say. <laughs> I, just, like, I, yes, I have so I could... many things swirling around my head right now, Yeah, but, you know, I'll keep it, you know, keep it chill. <laughs> you are good, you are good. With that being said... Where can my listeners find you and my followers and everybody? Yes. So, yeah, give us so, a rundown of where we can, you know, contact you. Yes. So the biggest platform that I'm on the most is Instagram. So they can find me at CallieKNutrition.com. So it's C-A-L-L-I-E-K-Nutrition.com. No, not .com, sorry. 
it's an Instagram. That's my website. Okay, it's, it's literally just Callie Kay Nutrition. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of like really fun reels she that does. I make fun of. She like, does. <laughs> providers and like the IC experience I don't know if you saw the one that I did about um using a dilator oh my god no I didn't but I <laughs> will need to because I want to make a reel about that yeah <laughs> super cringe but like literally like I keep all of these like in my drawer <laughs> she just and, like out a bunch of dilators yeah. and pelvic wands I love the, that the one day I was like okay I gotta make fun of this so you have to check that one out it's oh really god, cringy amazing. but it's funny it, it had a lot of views. And then um, my website is com, And then I moderate a Facebook group that's called Interstitial Cystitis Nutrition Support Group. It's a mouthful. And that's the one that I created so that I can post whatever I want. Amazing. <laughs> so amazing. I love it. And I can, I will also be posting that, you know, so I'll be posting Callie's information so that everybody can get in contact with her. Hey. I literally can talk to you all day. I, I know. genuinely think so. But thank you I know. for being on here. Yes, of course. Thank <laughs> you very much for having me. Of course. Thank you guys so much for listening to the All Things Pelvic Pod. Have questions, concerns, comments? Want to share your story? Remember to follow me on Instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook. DM me, share my stuff, like it, and let me know what you think. As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.